De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to discuss how technology eases the process of scaling an entity. Joining us is Sunir Shah, who is the founder and CEO at AppBime, which is software specifically made for marketing agencies, working with many clients, allowing users to subscribe without using their credit cards. AppBind makes it easy for agencies and service partners to bring SaaS and advertising platforms to their clients without getting client subscriptions stuck on their own credit cards. Yesterday, Sunir and I talked about scaling client revenue through technology. And today, we're going to continue our conversation and talk about monetizing SaaS bundles. Okay, here's my conversation with Sunir Shah, the founder and CEO at AppBind. Sunir, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me back. I'm glad I did so well last time. You did well enough that you're back, and I still know that, that that conference is coming up and looming for you. But I also know that you're, first of all, I have to say, every time I get a founder on the podcast, I go, wow. And so before we get to that wow moment, the thing that folks have to understand, if you listen to yesterday's episode, Sanir's just a, not a founder. He's been around SaaS for a really long time. He's held a variety of roles, product roles, marketing leadership roles. I'm missing some, I'm certain. Self-confessed data geek, the geek, if you will. So that's a lot of experience, and especially in the SaaS world. And today we want to dig in and talk about how you monetize SaaS bundles. So kind of unpack that for me. When you think about how you're monetizing SaaS bundles, what are you thinking about first? Okay, well, there's two answers to this question. One is from the SaaS side. One is from the partners who are actually selling you through. And I, even though I run like the trade association of all the SaaS partnership people, I'm a spy now. I just, I'm a, I've gone to the other side of the table because they're closer to the customer. We're going to think about it from their point of view. And rather than, because you have to package to the market, right? So let's, let's put aside the SaaS company's feelings and thoughts because it doesn't matter. The market will win anyway. So what does the customer want? Let's talk about the customer and then talk about their partners next, like the, your partners, the service companies that solve them. So an average customer you know, most customers are still buying direct from SaaS. So you're going to sell them directly. And in that case, a lot of companies do the, you know, Arabian Carpet Bazaar, Hegel pricing sales. It's like, how much does this cost as a customer? Well, how much money do you have? Oh, it's surprisingly how much it costs. It's amazing how that worked out exactly to the penny. Uh, <laughs> so that's a direct sales enterprise sale. Good for you. Or there's going to be, if you're like a more self-serve product, there's going to be uh, rack rate pricing, retail pricing. Okay, that's a direct sale. But like a good 30% and growing to 50% because the market is actually growing of customers cannot buy your product directly because they just don't have the organizational capacity, capability, competence, or time. You know, they're just unable to purchase. But what they will do is go hire an expert outside the organization. These are the consultants to solve the problem. You know, in this universe of this podcast, it would be probably someone to set up your marketing 
is on all our revenue pipeline. You know, it's not that complicated, right? And really the customer doesn't really care how anything is. They just want more customers from the internet. You have that, is it clear? Go get them, Tiger. Call me when it's done. That's basically how clients are, right? And so how do you package up the SaaS bundles from their point of view? Now, every consultant, every agency, every systems integrator is their own little snowflake because they have to be, they're adapted to the market. That's the whole point of this function of the market is they adapt to each customer. Every customer is different. That's why they're called customers. You customize the customers. So how do you price things? So from their point of view, there's a million things you can do. In general, though, what they want to offer is a simple to understand, I will take care of this for you. Here's all the stuff that's coming, you know, and then I, this is how it's so much it's going to cost and bound it in somehow. Now, sometimes it's variable costs. Ads are variable costs. Uh, email marketing can be variable costs because, you know, every more contact costs more money. You know, that's fine, but the clients need to have some understanding. So how do you bundle it? Number one, Think from the end result, what do you need to do? What's the complete system that you can build out to deliver a repeatable, consistent result for clients? Because you also want to package up your services in a way that you can repeat, have a standing operating procedure. So, you know, whether it's, you know, HubSpot or Salesforce or whatever, plus lean data, plus Clearbit, plus Vidyar, plus StreamYard, whatever it is, do packages, okay? Like, this is like what we do to deliver results. You know, we know how to do this. Clients like to know that you have some idea. They're not going to dive into it you know, hopefully too, de- too detailed, but this is our pipe. This is our system, right? You should know roughly how, the, how much it costs, right? And then what you do is figure out how you're going to bill for it. There are a couple of very popular billing models. The most popular one, especially in the SMB channel, is going to be fixed rate pricing. So you just charge $5,000 a month, typical marketing agency spend. And including in that is going to be, you know, reply.io and Google and whatever the stuff they're using to do the email campaigns, LinkedIn sales navigator, data, whatever. So they just build, build that in as part of the costs. And that's kind of, that's, that's actually expense to the, to the contractor as cost of services sold, or most people call it COGS, cost of goods sold. Well, the IRS terms is cost of services sold, right? And you just bake that in, right? The issue though, that if you pay for those subscriptions, as everyone knows, using your own credit card, you're stuck in the middle of billing, which is a terrifying prospect to be in as a contractor, because what happens if the client doesn't pay you? You're gonna to have to pay that vendor every month. And what happens if the, you forget about a subscription, right? Which happens. So if you if the client leaves you, you're focused on say, like the relationship, not the materials. So month after month, you're gonna pay, right? That's your margin going to zero on that client, happened to everybody. And like, as you'll talk to enough agencies, they all have somewhere on their credit card because they've all gone into this trap eventually. Subscriptions from like three years ago, a client, they don't even know who it is like running every month. They just don't even know where to cancel it. And they can't cancel the corporate card because they have a billion other things on it. And in my case, because I'm an idiot, my idiocy is <laughs> leads into a better product. But what I did is I put my credit card in LinkedIn ads for three of my clients because I'm not an ads manager. I'm, I'm a conversion rate optimizer. So I was doing tests. I just forgot about it because I don't care about it. I wasn't paying attention to it. But I left the, them in the LinkedIn ad account and then I transferred everything over to the client. And then six months later, this happened three times. This is how, this is like, I just cannot learn. And I would see on my card, LinkedIn ads. Like, oh, crap. So I called my client. I was like, hi, Eli. How are you doing? Everything good? Yeah, great. Yeah, I hired someone new today. Yeah, director of marketing. That's fantastic news. <laughs> great. I have $3,000 of ads that I liked back. Oh, man. I got paid back, but did I get a referral from that client ever again? I did not. So these are the kind of things that are terrifying to build it into your retainer, even though it's nicer for the clients. So you just need some way of controlling 
like don't put your own credit card on a client subscription. That's a fundamental theory of AppBind anyway. Like AppBind's a, a credit card that the client pays for that allows you to purchase on their behalf. It's basically like, that's one of the main functions of it. It's a subscription manager in general, but like that, that is one of the core functions. Okay, so that's one bundle number one. And the second one is very simple, is you just, you charge for your own labor, whether it's a, where you're doing phase projects, you know, like phase one, phase two, phase three deliverable, or you do a monthly retainer or a mix of that, or you're, for God help you for whatever reason, you're doing hourly rate billing, please never do that, it's crazy. But if you're doing that, fine. But then you just run the expenses as a secondary item. So you're just passing through the expense to the client, which I think is actually somewhat better because it's more clear what's happening to the client. And then the third thing people do is they put a markup on spend, which is good on performance marketing. So if you're doing ad spend or email marketing or things where the more you spend, like the budget will grow because it's a revenue generating budget, right? Then you just do a percentage of spend. So you want to be able to do that as well. So those are the three most popular ways of invoicing a client. There are, you know, other ideas like point-based billing. I hate that. I truly hate point-based billing. A lot of agencies, it was a fad for a couple of years. I imagine many would argue with me that it's a better way of billing. I find it very confusing as a client when someone says you have, you buy 28 points and then you can allocate some of it to software, some of it to design, some of it to development. I'm like, I, I'm not air traffic control. It's borrowing a, a page out of the uh, playbook for gaming companies, right? It's not real money. It's V-Bucks as an example. Yeah. And like, I don't, yeah, exactly. And like, I, I don't want to manage this. This is why I hired you. I wanted you to deliver a, a result. I don't care how you internally logistically manage it. You figure it out. Isn't that your job? You're, you're basically giving me management of your agency, which means I will just have staff internally, you know, that I will manage. That's so much cheaper to just hire internally, which is what exactly will happen to you. If you, if you, if the moment you put, you burden the client with stuff, they expect you to take care of it for them. It's the moment they start thinking, when do I replace this person with payroll? Yep. That's the tripping point. You know, it's interesting. We've got the ability to really kind of de-risk things for agencies and contractors and, you know, not be kind of burdened with, first of all, the risk, but also that leave behind moment when your credit card statement shows up. But what you're really talking about is the ability to take that plus. In other words, to say it's not just that we've de-risked things for you. You're actually able to offer value beyond your own intellect, your own skill levels. You're actually able to bundle what might appear to be disparate SaaS services, but coherently together for, say, something CRO and actually charge a bit more to have a, a bit more value. That's ultimately what you're talking about. Yeah, you really want to get to value-based. Because, again, the more you expose the clients to your internal workings, the more they're going to see that you as subordinates, because that's what you are, right? They're managing you. And so they're going to look at you as a cost basis. If you want to be on Upwork, be on Upwork. But if you want to be something bigger, right, <laughs> you need to offer results, like focus on the end result for the client and put your value there. When we were at FreshBooks, when I was at FreshBooks, we had these benchmarking reports comparing all the customers on FreshBooks, they have tens of thousands to each other. And very clearly it was hourly rate billing is, was like the absolute lowest profit place to be. Project-based billing was the highest profit. And it's simply because project-based are about end results, which is what the clients are buying. They're buying the end results, so price to their value. Right? And what you want to be able to do is bring your operational costs down internally and therefore we'll build repeatable systems. You need the freedom, therefore, to bring as much technology to bear as possible instead of people. That's what tech is for. right? And that's where you build scalable margins. And the more of a system you build, right, the more you get to maintain it month after month, which is how you build longer-term clients. right? And that's how you get lifetime margins and profitability off every client. And that is the only way out of the scalability trap of selling labor 
for money and every month may have to remake payroll, which is growing as revenue grows. It doesn't make any sense. You need to find productized services to get out of the trap for sure. I have to say I've spent quite a bit of time with and around in various capacities, agencies, consultants, quite often as a consumer of the services. But I have to say a lot of friends in the industry and they've sold to agencies in the past. So this kind of three-dimensional view on their world experience, if you will. And what always struck me to a person, to an agency was this deep knowledge and understanding of supporting technology. Because quite often, they don't always have the choice of what they're using. So quite often they're introduced to new technology by clients. In other cases, they're the ultimate birth mothers of necessity. They're finding those niche tools quite often before others do. And what always struck me was most of their expertise beyond the kind of their core skill set was developed around understanding what the exact right tools are for the right moment. And so this topic is really fascinating to me because at the end of the day, it feels like that's the next level of service, at least that I've experienced. And by the way, these are the folks I go to when I want to understand what a true tech trend is, what's really getting adopted, right? It feels like what are the skill sets they have and they develop through hard earned sweat, blood and tears and people screaming at them is profound understanding of what that client's tech stack should look like. And that's ultimately what you're saying is, how can we actually take that, folks, and build that into our bundles to drive margins? Because there's no cogs here. It's all cost of labor. That's right. Like if it's just labor, then you're, you're never going to, there's no escape. You can't scale. Right? You, yeah. Every, every, if you scale revenue, you're going to have to hire another person and then suddenly your margin's gone. So you're just kind of living in this sawtooth profitability, like moments of profitability, and then you're back in trouble, right? And the risk keeps going up for you because you, you don't own anything. What do you own? Like, you know, every month you're renting your clients. If you don't do work for them this month, they're going to fire you, right? Because they can replace you. You know, you're just selling, you're just people. Like you need to put, build a something that's a product, something, even it's coaching services, which is a labor-based product. You need to put something in there that's repeatable that they're going to come back to, right? But find something to productize, you know, even if it's copywriting, like get some operational thing under control. But so many people in marketing land, it's going to be tech because most marketing is on the internet, which is all tech. I mean, it's just basically what it is. And so, like, and like you said, like the agencies have this power that they they spend time with a lot of businesses and they spend time talking to other agencies and they have a wider view of the market, which is usually what they lead with the client is I'm an expert, right? And, it's, and agencies are, you know, let's be honest, talking to agency owners, they're a mix of anxiety and arrogance. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's, ama it's amazing. It's always the same thing because they're always worried that they're, they don't have the answer because they're selling I have the answer to clients who themselves are freaking out, hoping that you have the answer. And it's very, very interesting. And so they put a lot of effort actually, these agencies and making sure they know the right answer. Like really they do. And they often do have the right answer. And that, that that's something that, you know, we're on the SaaS side, right? You know, we think we have the answer about, you know, our products, but like your products are peripheral, right? Just like any, you know, you're not HubSpot, no offense. You know, we all want to be HubSpot, but we're not. Right. And so, you know, you, you can't go to market by yourself, no matter what you do. There's nothing you can, you know, lean data can do by itself to go to market just by itself. You're going to end, encounter other things because there's going to be a system already in that company. You live in an ecosystem. You live in a world. You live in a, a universe. Yes. And so, like, sometimes you need these, these people, these weavers in between you and the client to put it together for them because they don't have a champion internally. Right? They have to hire one. And that's what these expertise, that's what these experts are for. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Sanir Shah, founder and CEO at AppBind, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Sanir, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit his company website at appbind.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. 
If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to RevGenPod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live in the show, of course. You can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, not quite TikTok, or you can contact me directly. My handle is MarketAvocate. If you haven't subscribed yet, and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed. We're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. And we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.